This is an advert for BetterHelp. So if you're listening to this podcast and thinking there are things I need to unlock in order to overcome emotional eating, then BetterHelp is for you. BetterHelp, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, is an online platform that connects you to a suited therapist. You answer a few questions about yourself and the angle you want to focus on, and they will match you with a therapist. You can switch if you want to, completely free of charge if your first match is not a good fit. And I personally know that starting therapy can be overwhelming. I was so scared and ashamed in my first few months. But then when I realized how it changed my life, I wanted everyone to benefit from this magic too. So with better help, there is less friction to start therapy. I will put the link in the show notes with all the details. Basically, it's betterhelp.com slash EEM. And by using this link, you help support my podcast and you get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. And I truly believe that therapy will help you understand the layers of your emotional eating. And as I say, it all starts with awareness, awareness and awareness. So for 10% off your first month, you just need to click on the link in the show notes or visit betterhelp.com slash EEM. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this channel. Welcome to Emotional Eating with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Raffi and I am a pharmacist and have a PhD in genetics. I also have a subspecialty in the complications of diabetes and have been working in the pharmaceutical industry for almost a decade now. In season two of the podcast, we still aim to overcome our emotional eating behavior, but this time it is through our actions. In season one, we were more focusing on the thinking and understanding of our behavior. And of course, as in season one, I still see clients on a one-to-one basis. All information will be linked in the show notes. Hi guys, so today I want to talk about emotional eating to fill the void of loneliness. And to start off, I want to mention that I'm not an expert of loneliness, but I know through my work on emotional eating that many of you guys eat because you feel alone, or should I say, actually, you feel lonely. Yes, maybe I should say feeling lonely because you can be surrounded by many people and feel lonely and vice versa. You can be alone uh, and not have this feeling of loneliness. So what is loneliness? Loneliness is not a mental health problem. However, it is linked to you know, mental health uh, because it exacerbates some mental health issues like anxiety and depression. So here I'm going to give you my own tips to deal with loneliness and to deal um, with loneliness actually in a different way than emotional eating. And before going into the details of this episode and the solutions, I just want to mention that dealing with loneliness through emotional eating, in my opinion, is in itself neither good nor bad. And as you know, my in my podcast, it's a judgment-free zone. So if food is the only way for you to make you feel better from a very deep pain, then who am I to say or to tell you to stop it? And in fact, I had an episode uh, in this podcast in season one with the therapist Susie Orbach, and she mentions that sometimes the emotions that we have are so unbearable that food is not that bad, you know, of a solution. And I will link this episode in the show notes. But basically, I'm here to help you if you feel that emotional eating is not helping you with loneliness. 
And the author Janine Rouse says that food is actually like a best friend. It's always there for us. It will give us exactly what we need, when we need it, and judgment-free. So therefore, going to food when we feel lonely, it's actually not surprising. It's a coping mechanism. And food can remind us of some memories, if you want. And this is called classical conditioning. It's when you link unrelated behaviors or feelings that happened uh, usually and very often simultaneously. Then you will associate one behavior with that same feeling. For example, if most of the time uh, whenever you eat or whenever you used to eat as a child, um, this was a sign that you were taken care of, maybe by your mother, someone in your family, you, you had this feeling or they were very present with you, then food will always be perceived as the solution for your lo loneliness. So yes, food can make you feel um, important, can make you feel seen, can make you feel loved. You know, why do I say feel seen? Because actually loneliness is often described as the feeling of not being seen. You can be with partners for, you know, for years and years, spend most of the time, your time with them. You know, you're never alone, but still not feel seen and feel lonely. And actually I've heard somewhere that there's a big proportion of couples that have been f together for a long time that actually uh, feel lonely. And uh, it could be the same with colleagues, people from work, you, you know, you see them, some people work more than like hours and hours, let's say more than 12 hours a day. So they're never alone, uh, but they still don't feel seen. They still feel lonely. And there's always this famous, you know, image that we have of the rock stars, the people that are very famous, they're adored by the public and everything, but yet they feel very lonely. And there is a very um, famous, if you want, uh, therapist, and I really like her, Esther pa Parel. So uh, this is in my French accent, but I guess with an English accent, it would uh, be something like Esther Parel. <laughs> you know, I some people, just a side note, I have a lot of people making fun of me acting trying to make my English accents. Anyway, I digress as per usual. Basically, Esther Perel, she says that the quality of our life is actually determined by the quality of our relationships. I will put her name in the show notes so you can listen to her. She has podcasts, she has so many things. She talks a lot about uh, relationship and a lot about sexual relationships, but the core is, you know, uh, you know, attachment, not feeling lonely, etc. But today let's talk in this episode of um, loneliness in the context of emotional eating. And the way I see it is that loneliness, um, so what happens? You feel lonely and then you go to food to soothe that emotion. But what will happen uh, after that is that you will still have this feeling of loneliness because food can only, if you want, change our molecule in our brain for maximum, let's say, 30 minutes, one hour. Let's say you do, did a huge binge for a couple of hours maximum, but then you will still have this same emotion. Um that's there. So um, you will go back to the initial problem. And what happened actually when we feel loneliness? Actually, uh, the way, again, I see it from, if you want a psychological perspective, is that our inner child felt lonely and we gave our inner child food to feel better, but it actually didn't really work quite well. 
why did we give food to this child, to our inner child? Because probably in our childhood, our parents used to uh, shut down some emotions with food. Uh, you know, it, I always say emotional eating starts in very, very early childhood, in infancy. You get every time a baby cries, they get the milk from the mother. With time, if you see toddlers, very often where they complain and things like that, they uh, their parents give them food. Um, they say, "Oh no, you know, a, a child feels sad." Say, "No, don't feel sad." They give them food. Then you grow grow up more and more into early adulthood, and all the big events in our life whether it's death or uh, birth of someone or a birthday, uh, you know, uh, an achievement, it's always, there's always food there. So whenever your inner child feels lonely, you will give it, you will give them or give this inner child food. But I want to explain what inner child is. I know I've been talking about it for a couple of minutes, but let me explain what an inner child or the inner child concept is. So what is the inner child and the inner child concept? Basically, inside of you, if you want metaphorically, you have your inner child, which is your emotional part, and you have your inner adult, which is your rational part. And usually when we get strong feelings and emotions, um, or should I say always, not uh, usually, it's actually our inner child that kind of wakes up if you want, and we're kind of dealing with our inner child. Where does it come from? Basically, it starts again, uh, uh, as I always mention, it starts in childhood, and it's actually all the experiences, the souvenirs, the memories, the situations that you had in your past self, in a way. And this past self, this younger self, will stay with you in a way to protect you from being hurt again, physically or emotionally. But then very often, this past self is not needed anymore. This inner child is not needed anymore. Um, or if you want, uh, should I say, they don't serve us the way they used to serve us in the past. So yeah, basically, the inner child gets activated in order to protect us or in a way gets hurt again uh, unknowingly. And uh, what I would recommend here is actually um, do the inner child work. I will tell you how it goes. So it's just a small exercise that I will give you right now. You can do it, uh, you know. Usually it's better to do it uh, in a calm space where when you won't be disturbed, but, you know, do it whenever, whatever, however you can do it. And what I will ask you to do is just follow what I'm asking you to do, and then I will give you the whole explanation. So just play the game while we are doing it, and then I'll explain everything. So to start off, we're going to take three deep breaths in order to really get uh, to tap into our emotional brain and not our rational brain. So let's take three deep breaths together. One. Two. And three. And then I will ask you to tap into this feeling of loneliness. 
and ask yourself, if you close your eyes, do you see yourself at a younger age? Do you see yourself at a younger age? And if you do, I will ask you to tell me the age of this younger self. The first number that comes. 1, 2, 13, 14. First number that comes, because this is your subconscious mind that's bringing you back to a memory. So, describe the situation where this younger self is. What were you doing? Who were you with? What were you feeling? Now imagine your present self going to talk to this inner version of yourself. So your present adult self talking to this inner version of yourself, the younger version of yourself, and ask them, how are you? How do you feel? What do you need? How are you? How do you feel? What do you need? And then I will ask you to pause this episode and have your answer and start having a conversation with this inner child. And then depending on what the inner child told you, you will have a back and forth conversation. Try as much as possible to say soothing words to this child. So now you're an adult, say soothing words, words that are not coming from a place of judgment, place of love, words that you would say to someone that you really love and that you really want to protect. It could be soothing words of, don't worry, I'm here for you. It could even imagine yourself hugging this inner child, or it could be giving them life lessons positive life lessons and things not coming from a place of shame and guilt. And you can continue to do this exercise and this work for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, as long as you need, have this back and forth conversation until you feel that this, that this inner child is telling you or feeling okay, is feeling better, is feeling soothed, does not need you anymore if you want in this specific situation. And for the explanation, basically what we were doing is really doing some, it's, it's like sub like meditation, if you want, or just deep uh, work, uh, tapping into your unconscious brain of things that your brain uh, kept in the unconscious part. Um, and really by doing the deep breath and staying in a calm and, you know, calm place, if you want, you're tapping into the unconscious mind. The first year, the first age that came to you as a child is basically a memory that you don't know, but a memory that uh, kind of you're linking this memory to your present self. So two situations that look similar um, and you are triggered in the present because the present situation is very similar to the past situation that you did or that you experienced. And you can do this with any kind of emotion. It's not just loneliness. I'm using loneliness here because it's the topic and it's the inner child work. Uh, I feel it, it really helps because basically you feel lonely because your inner child feels lonely. But you can do it with anger, with shame, with guilt, with sadness, with, with any kind of emotion. This is the basic uh, inner child work.
So that's it for today. I hope this episode was useful. As I say, loneliness is not one of my uh, specialty, if you want. Uh, but I'm trying to give you tools that uh, you can do it by yourself, where you don't need to rely on others. Because I, uh, working with a lot of clients, I know that sometimes they're very alone, they're very lonely and alone, and they um, it's hard for them to uh, change this feeling or fulfill or soothe this feeling of loneliness with other people. So I'm trying to give you tools uh, that you could do it on your own. If you found this episode interesting or useful, I would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast, you can leave a review, or you can share it with a friend. And otherwise, I'll see you next Friday at 5 a.m. UK time.